Welcome to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Here's your host, Kevin B. Jennings. Welcome to Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. I'm Kevin B. Jennings, and every episode, you'll get principles, strategies, and tools from experienced and emerging leaders who have maximized their potential. And they've used that potential to do things like launch ideas, lead teams, build businesses, improve communities, and ultimately make a difference in others' lives. And today we're going to talk to Courtney Durandi, uh, the managing partner and director of business development at TDT CPAs and Advisors, an almost 50 years old accounting and business intelligence advisory firm serving small businesses. And uh, during our conversation, we dig into Courtney's journey of starting at the firm right out of college and working her way to the top of the organization. Now, from her story, you'll learn how you can use your entrepreneurial spirit to become a successful intrapreneur, how you can gain more influence and cultivate your potential where you are. Before we go further, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by the best-selling full Focus Planner. This is the planner I personally use, and it has everything you need to win each day, quarter, and year baked right in. It sets you up to focus your work on the biggest, highest leverage tasks. You won't even have to worry about the small stuff. This system simplifies winning and goal achievement. And just for Executive Minds listeners, you're getting a 10% discount site-wide at the Full Focus store. Just visit executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter the code execminds at checkout. Again, that's executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and execminds, all one word, at checkout. Executive Minds is also brought to you by the Art of Leadership Network, uh, created by our friend and previous guest, best-selling author, Carrie Newhoff. Uh, the Art of Leadership Network gathers together world-class leaders and podcasters dedicated to helping you live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. Executive Minds is pumped to be one of the podcasts in the Art of Leadership Network, and you can learn more at theartofleadershipnetwork.com. All right, so let's get into today's episode. Future Difference Makers, you are in for another insightful conversation. Uh, in today's episode, you're going to hear from one of my friends and clients, Courtney Durandi. Courtney is one of the most effective leaders I know. She leads with vision, care, character, integrity, empathy, ambition, and a powerful growth mindset. 
Courtney is the managing partner and director of business development at TDT, an accounting and business intelligence firm based in Iowa. Uh, She has 20 years of experience in public accounting and serves on the firm's executive committee and leadership team. Because of her passion for sharing knowledge with others, Courtney regularly speaks at conferences and seminars all over the country and is recognized within her industry as one of the top experts. When Courtney isn't developing relationships and serving clients, uh, she's taking vacations with her family or doing what you're doing right now, listening to audiobooks or podcasts to continuously learn and grow. And in our conversation, Courtney and I discuss her journey at TDT, starting at the firm out of college, becoming an entrepreneur to grow a division of the organization, and now becoming an entrepreneur as a managing partner owning part of the business. Within this conversation, I think there's a powerful framework for you and me to grow what we're given to get where we want to go. And after this quick break, we'll discover how to maximize our current situations for our future plans in a great conversation with Courtney Durandi. How many tasks are on your to-do list? 10? 15? Simply too many? When your attention is divided, it's not surprising when important work gets pushed back. So what's the solution? First, increasing productivity isn't about getting more things done. It's about getting the right things done. And you need a system to help you accomplish that. Introducing the Full Focus Planner. Designed to focus you on a few of your biggest tasks each day. And they all tie back to your quarterly and annual goals. So you get more done in a single quarter than most overwhelmed, confused, and frustrated would-be achievers get done in a year. To see what this system is all about, go to executiveminds.co forward slash full focus. And just for listeners of Executive Minds, you get a 10% site-wide discount when you enter Exec Minds at checkout. Again, that's executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and enter Exec Minds at checkout. Don't let everyday noise throw you off track from your goals. Go to executiveminds.co forward slash full focus and get the only planner that sets you up to win. Go-getters like you and me are always on the lookout for quality podcasts to help us grow in life and leadership. And that's why best-selling author and top podcaster Carrie Newhoff has just launched The Art of Leadership Network. The Art of Leadership Network is a new podcast network, and it includes world-class leaders, dedicated to teaching you how to live in a way today that will help you thrive tomorrow. On the network, you'll hear from top leaders on culture, entrepreneurship, executive leadership, organizational culture, nonprofit leadership, church trends, influencer strategies, healthy living, and a lot more. 
The Art of Leadership Network includes podcasts like the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, Win Today with Christopher Cook, H3 Leadership with Brad Lominick, Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin, and many more, including this podcast, Executive Minds, which features our team here at Mentor, Jeff Henderson of The Four Company, Shane Benson and David Farmer of Chick-fil-A, and me, Kevin B. Jennings. Learn more about the shows and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode at theartofleadershipnetwork.com. I'm here with Courtney Durandi, and we today are going to be talking about your story, even a, fa- a fascinating story. I think so many leaders can learn from about the power really of sticking with one organization, allowing yourself to grow and yet still finding ways to pursue your dreams while you're there. So first of all, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, for those who don't have the privilege of knowing as much of your story as I do, I'd love to hear you just kind of unpack a bit of your story and maybe starting with a bit about what you were trying to accomplish with your life, maybe earlier in your career, and then how that morphed to get you to where you are right now. Okay. So I'm a CPA and I started my career right out of college in a public accounting firm um, here in Iowa and as a staff accountant. And I did some tax work, some audit work, and I found out fairly quickly that I really liked audit work a lot more than tax work. Mm. We were very small and it was more of a seasonal thing. And so after a couple of years, I remember asking, can I do more auditing? Mm. And they said, well, sure. Yeah, we can try to get you on more audit engagements. So I did a little bit. And then eventually I said, can I do only auditing? And mm. I will never forget our managing partner at the time said, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to be big enough that mm-hmm. that would be possible here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, probably not, but only because I just don't think we'd have enough to keep you busy just doing that. Well, as time went on, I was actually able to create a department of team members that only did auditing and mm-hmm. didn't have to do any tax work. And our people doing tax work didn't have to do auditing. And, and so was able to create Um, be part of creating a separate business unit in the firm, Mm. starting with two people Mm. and then adding and recruiting, developing people, adding clients. So it's just a whole new division within the firm when early on, you know, it sounded like that wasn't even going to be a possibility. Looking back at that experience, did you know you were a leader? That early? That, or, or did you seem like, no, I'm just being entrepreneurial I'm an, or, or I'm just following my personal passion of doing more of this type of work? Yeah, I guess I, I don't remember being, you know, real intentional about it one way or the other, other just other than the practical aspect of I, I really liked this other kind of work. Mm. And I thought, well, if we've got some people that need it, couldn't we find more? And so... It was maybe more of out of my own desire to do that versus I think I can build something here. But I've always been someone who, you know, in fifth grade, I was the class president and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've just always been a leader. Mm -hmm. And so I think just the, the concept of if I want something to happen, 
you know, that managing partner saying that's probably not going to happen. To me, it didn't mean like that's not going to happen. It meant like he's not going to make it happen, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so I think feeling like if I want something, I have some responsibility to put forth the initiative to do something about it myself. I have two questions following up that. Just the word leader. I know for some people it's so loaded, right? Like, I just wanted to be a CPA and help people or do the thing mm-hmm. I do or do my work. Um, I might have found myself in leadership positions, but I didn't necessarily take on the identity of leader. Do you remember when you first, when it first dawned on you that you were a leader in an identity sense and less of a position sense? In my career? That was in life, even. Like, when it um, dawned on you, oh, me as a person. I'm a leader. Like, I'm going to always kind of find myself in these situations. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious. Again. You might say, Kevin, I just had this in the last six months. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I, would, I mean, I think all throughout school, junior high, high school, I mean, even elementary school, any opportunity for you know, student council mm. or class president or um, there, we had officers in our choir. Mm. And I was always in those positions either because you know, the teacher or the counselor came to me and okay. suggested I get involved or told me you're going to be the one mm-hmm. or, or because I knew there was an opportunity and I just felt compelled to do it. So I think at an early age, saw myself as a leader and mm-hmm. other students saw me as a leader. Part of that, I'm a middle child. Mm-hmm. I got brothers on either side of me. I was very responsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that's that's probably more of what I thought about it versus leadership. It was mm-hmm. more like, I'm a responsible person. I will get this done. They know they can count on me versus mm-hmm. I can you know, change the world. I would say it was more of a mm-hmm. discipline and execution thing than a vision and strategy thing at that point. Yeah. When did it flip? When did it flip from I'm responsible yeah. leader? I would say it flipped when we were building the audit practice mm. and realizing that in our industry, a lot of people burn out from that job because it involves a lot of travel. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to create a division of this company where that wouldn't be a barrier for people. And mm. I didn't want to travel either. Sure. And so thinking about, well, what do we need to do to make it possible that we wouldn't have to travel? Like, What if we just said we're only taking clients that we can do within same day travel? Hmm. What, what, would, what would that mean? Hmm. And I also didn't, one thing I did not like about tax was the compressed workload mm-hmm. in busy season. Mm-hmm. And so that, well, what would we have to do to have an auto practice that's just steady all year long? Mm. So I think that's when I really started to realize that I could think about what I want mm. and figure out a strategy to make it happen. And as long as I could execute on it, I had a lot of autonomy mm-hmm. to make it happen. It's like, as long as you can do it, we're not going to hold you back, but like, we're not going to create that for you, but go for it, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to. So I think that's probably when I first started to think about myself more as a leader because I was starting to add other team members. Mm-hmm who I was trying to recruit to join me, mm-hmm. convince them to be an auditor because you don't have to travel here mm-hmm. and we are steady all year long. And so then I, I think that's really when I started to have that sense of leadership from the vision and strategy impact. Yeah. That was a perfect segue. That's my second question actually, right? Was at some point you are an entrepreneur, you have this division, 
you're doing this stuff. What was the vision when you looked around and saw this audit team? Was just keep going the audit team? Mm-hmm. Or was it like, I've, or hey, there's more to be done here that I'm interested in doing? Yes. So I am a Colby High Quick Start. Okay. And I'm an Enneagram One. So improving things and trying new things is how I'm wired. Mm. So I don't want to do the same thing over and over year after year. Mm -hmm. So part of it for me was I was very willing to give younger people Mm. that I hired a chance Mm. to do something I had been doing Mm -hmm. because I wanted to go try something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I wanted to to keep moving and changing and growing, not Mm -hmm. just, well, here I made it Mm -hmm. and I'm an auditor and this is, you know, what I do over and over and over. So I think that was just part of how I'm wired that every few years I wanted to try something a little bit different. It's not like I stopped what I was doing completely, but I evolved over time. And so bringing in other people and then seeing that, well, they can't grow if we don't keep adding more people. Mm. So if I hire people who also have a growth mindset and they don't want to do the same thing forever, I have to keep hiring more people that they can train Mm. and grow. So the growth was and still is here at our firm is about not growth because we want some top line revenue number. It's we have to have enough opportunities that the young people that we hire don't look out at the rest of the team and say, well, when am I ever going to get a chance to be promoted? Because everybody here is so young. Mm-hmm. We have to keep adding enough people that people that all of our other people who aren't that old either can see that there is room to grow here. But if you don't keep adding more young people, then there's going to be a cap on people's opportunities. I love that. What I hear you saying is my motivation to grow is allowing other people to be able to grow. Yeah, right. Yep. It was really cool. The question then that makes me say is I didn't have enough context to know that when you were starting at the firm, there were not many women in leadership or part, women, part, female partners at mm-hmm. that time. Did you have an aspiration to be a partner at some point from the very beginning? Or if so, when did, or not, when did you say, I want that? I did. Yeah. I really, I think, you know, right away coming in, that was something that I viewed as my ultimate goal was to be, become a partner someday. And I don't remember how far in, but at some point, not only to be a partner, but to be the managing partner. Mm. And so, yeah, early in my career, that's something that I, aspired to um, to become. With you not having many females in that position, at least in your firm at the time, how did you imagine at that time, how, what did you do to get to help yourself prepare one mm-hmm. and then maybe to even in, to help strengthen your ability to see yourself in that position? A lot of people who are listening to this podcast, they obviously are very ambitious. This podcast is all about turning your potential into a high to high performance and for some people, they work at a company where there's people pouring into them, wanting them to grow. And there's some people who are like, I don't see how this place will let me become all that I want to be. Mm-hmm. So they're already seeing an expiration date. And what I love about your story is it could have gone either way. You could have said, I'm going to learn here and leave. But you decide I'm going to stick, stay, and essentially kind of help the organization kind of grow into a place where I could be a partner and let alone become a managing partner. So love to hear some of your thinking 
mm-hmm. at that time. And you can say, well, I wired that way. Okay, that's right. We can just deconstruct it. I'm just curious to hear like, that sounds like a very interesting perspective to take without having any precedence for it to be done. Yeah. So I think for me, seeing opportunities to learn about different tools and different um, perspectives around how we manage engagements, how we become more efficient, how you lead other people. I, I could see that those opportunities were out there in our industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the training that our other team members were doing were more standard recurring, either internal or, you know, with our local trainings. And I just started asking, mm-hmm. could I go to this? I think if I went to this, it would help me do this aspect of my job better. I think there'd be a return on it for the firm. Could I go? And they were like, sure. Yeah. There were never, I don't remember ever having anything that I wanted to do like that, that somebody said, nah, I don't think that's worth our time, our, your time or our money. So then being exposed to other ideas and thinking we can we can do that here. I mean, mm. we haven't been doing that here and nobody else is doing it here, but why couldn't we? And then coming back and implementing it and mm. having the autonomy because again, I had the track record of performing mm. and executing to be able to try something. So I think for me, it was, there wasn't, it wasn't like they, you know, people weren't investing in me, but it was more my initiative. Mm-hmm. So if I would have just, you know, showed up every day and did what I was doing, that probably would have been fine. But when I, when that wasn't enough for me and I brought it up, mm-hmm. nobody argued with it mm-hmm. and allowed me to go through that kind of investment and learning and execution of change mm-hmm. because I saw potential. A couple of things I want to call out that, I'm, that I hear you saying, I want everybody else to hear this as well. One, I heard you say first that I kind of took the thing no one else wanted to do. Like people weren't like really like beating on the like, let me do audit, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you kind of said, hey, I'll do the thing no one wants to do, I enjoy it, and I'll, and I'll make it better and I'll grow it. Mm-hmm. So you took kind of like the stepchild a bit. So give me that mm-hmm. and let me grow it and do something with it. And people said, well, sure, we don't want to do anything. We, we don't really have any goals for that. Go ahead and make it your own. Mm-hmm. Then, because of the results with that, you gained some more influence that gave you the ability to convince leaders to allow you to build your own development path. Mm-hmm. But you obviously asked, you, you pitched it, but you kind of built your own kind of custom roadmap to where you wanted, at least things you wanted to, conferences you want to acquire, et cetera. And then that left you in a spot where now you have this opportunity to bring back what you've learned, pitch it, and people are more receptive to it because of your previous success. Right. I would imagine, though, there comes a point in that, because I mean, at that that time, you're probably junior to many people, Mm -hmm. of course, in seniority and age. Mm -hmm. And here you are, new idea, new idea, implement this, new idea. And I would imagine there are times people like, yay, people are also like, change. Yay. From this person on the team who always has the ideas, always wants to try something new, and in many ways, you know, still as not as experienced as us. Now, I would imagine you might, you might have had a very supportive culture uh, at the time, but I'm curious, when you were doing that from the bottom up, 
some of the adversity you faced, if any at all, and then maybe some things you learned to help you navigate that. Because people listen to this podcast, they're ambitious. Mm-hmm. And that's probably their challenge right now. They're, they're definitely leading while they're not in charge. Mm. And so I'd love to hear some tips or some ahas from the experience you might want to share with them. Yeah. So definitely during this time, I had a, a partner above me. His name's Joe. And he was incredibly receptive to new ideas. Mm. And so that, that made a huge difference. Mm. And he was more senior in his career and he did have to then change some things um, that he was doing and adapt, you mm-hmm. know, and take on new processes and new softwares. But he was very gracious and mm. open to that. So that mm. was a blessing mm. to me that I could have his support mm. for that. And then, then the other people were the people that I had recruited and hired mm. and they kind of knew coming in what they were getting into and they mm. were excited about, you know, ways to find efficiencies and to try new softwares. So we didn't, it was a small team to influence. Sure. So I didn't have a whole, like there were the tax department. I, you know, they are like, you can do whatever you want because it doesn't affect us because we don't do audits. Sure. So, but where later in my career, some of the things mm-hmm. that I have changed, that's not the case. Some of it does have broader Impact. So I think being able to learn in a in a time where I had a very supportive leader and um, a very receptive team probably allowed me to build a lot of competency and confidence mm-hmm. because there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of pushback or there was still a lot of work mm-hmm. there was effort mm-hmm. but people weren't like this is terrible why are we doing this you know mm-hmm. so I think seeing that momentum early on was probably more valuable than I even you know recognized at the time mm-hmm. I hear that and I say to myself hey folks if you don't have a leader that's like a Joe you might need to go find some place to volunteer you can find a Joe you know so you can have a chance to try mm-hmm. something and see what works and what doesn't work. To wrap, I have a couple more questions. All right. So first one, and and that is, how did you decide to stay? I'm sure there are multiple times when you had opportunities to leave. And I'm sure there are times where you're like, I might have to leave. And yet you stayed, right? So there are some people who will probably ask themselves a question about the same thing. When do I know? This is a place I can grow with long-term. And when do I know this season has come to an end? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually did leave for six months very early in my career. I probably only been here about two years. And I went to a a wonderful company that's not in public accounting. It's a private business. And I quickly realized that that was not for me. Doing the same thing Mm -hmm. over and over every month, every quarter, was not going to work. And I missed the variety. And I also missed a little bit more of the drive that Mm -hmm. came with public accounting. Mm -hmm. So I, within that six months, realized that, went back, they welcomed me back. Um, And I, so I think having um, that opportunity to have seen Mm -hmm. a little bit of um, the grass isn't always greener, Mm -hmm. probably was a huge impact for me long-term. But there's absolutely times after that where I would think, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Or is this really what I want to do? And my mom has always been an encourager for me to really think about how good 
of an experience I've had here, yeah. how much I have been able to influence change here. Mm-hmm. And if you leave, other people aren't going to get to benefit from changes you could make there. Mm. So for example, way back, so my oldest is almost 16. So when I went, so 16 years ago, yeah. I said, I want to have a remote work, flexible work arrangement after I have my baby. Mm. And nobody did that there. Mm. I mean, hardly anywhere, but they let me mm. because I was competent and I created a plan and I took the initiative and then I proved that it would work. Mm. And so that was an example of anytime that my mom would be like, but look what you've been able to do. And if you leave, mm. nobody else is going to get to mm. benefit from that. And that was really what struck me was, ah, if I can kind of blaze a trail for things that I think could be possible here, then that makes it possible for somebody else. That's awesome. Too. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I have one final question I'd ask everybody. What are some of the things you wish that, that you knew before, right? There, there, there's this, I think we've all had a moment where like, man, this insight's valuable. I have a couple of them that like really paid off big. I either came through them through, through hard knocks, right? A couple of banging your head against the wall, a couple of mistakes there, or something that someone gave you like that really accelerated your development. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to have a few of those that you could, as many as yeah. you feel, let me come to your mind, but at least one or two, you're like, yeah, these are things I want to make sure everybody listening has in their toolkit going forward. Yeah. So I wish I would have understood earlier in my career more about my own personality mm-hmm. and strengths. Um, there were definitely things that were reinforced, you know, by, you know, supervisors or partners above me, but I, I really didn't, you know, do assessments or understand the Enneagram until much, much later. Mm-hmm. And I think back and how much that would have helped me earlier on just to have a higher mm-hmm. understanding of myself mm-hmm. and of other people. Um, so that's one thing. I think something that really stood out that helped me, one, I mentioned just Joe, the value of having somebody who's willing to let you take initiative. So I didn't ever feel like I was, you know, drug along or pulled along, but having the ability to do some things Mm -hmm. um, was definitely a gift. I think also our, the managing partner at the time, who was one of our founding partners, you know, back early on through my career was incredibly encouraging and complimentary of my technical and interpersonal skills. And Mm. he was very good about saying things like you, you could be the managing partner here someday. Mm. You could, you could be a partner here. You could have my job here early in my career when I don't, you know, that's ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I think planting those seeds of encouragement early on where I thought, so yeah, to your point earlier, there wasn't a female managing partner where I could look and see, oh yes, it could be me, but his words of encouragement or validation or affirmation definitely planted those seeds. And it's almost like you start to think, well, if he thinks that, then why can't I, why can't think, I think that? Yeah. So I think, you know, that's another thing that definitely had a huge impact on mm-hmm. me very early on. So what I hear you saying there really hits is, first of all, digging in and knowing yourself, and then to the best of your ability, identifying a culture or a leader 
that allows you some autonomy and freedom or at least also believes in you enough to, to say, hey, you can become more than you are. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. I say, what, if I can add one last add thing. Add one, add another one. One last thing that I, that I think had a big impact on me was there was a female who became a partner earlier in my career. And I remember having a conversation with her and she's telling me something like, you can't have it all. Mm. You can't do all the mom things and all the work things. Mm. It's like something has to give and take. And I remember thinking, nah, not (laughs) perfect. I don't, and I I don't know why I'm not like a rule breaker or anything like that, but that was something I was just pushing back against. And I will say to be a mom and have success in my career, my husband is a humongous part of that. I mean, I could not do what I do if we were not a team Mm -hmm. and he wasn't completely supportive of me. That's great. And so I think just kind of having that pushback of, oh, yes, I can. uh, But then thinking, but how am I going to do it? Because it is hard. Mm -hmm. And realizing that then we have to work together Mm -hmm. to figure out how do we make this work so that um, we we can be good parents and we can have a strong relationship and successful careers. Mm-hmm. And it, it means we do outsource some things, yeah, you know, like yeah. I don't pick my kids up every day after yeah, school. Yeah. Somebody else does. I don't clean my house. Somebody else does. Yeah. I, but deciding what it is that I have to do, yes, I don't do all the things, but I decide which things mm-hmm. I want to do that bring me joy and are mine to do and get comfortable with the fact that, there are other people who can do other things to, to make it all work. I love that. So if there's one last part, like marry wisely, what's one that I'm hearing, right? I mean, you've got to align yourself with a person who also believes in the, there's some alignment with your vision for your life as well, mm-hmm. right? Hey, I want to be, I want to do this, only that. It's one thing. Good. I see that for you too. Mm-hmm. Go for it. That's incredible. Uh, Courtney, I thank you for your time. I thank you for this. What I want each person, sort of tell me why I can connect with you. Um, I mean, this this is an audience of people that I would definitely say are looking to align themselves and connect with leaders that they can look at even from afar and say, okay, right, if he or she can do it, I can do it too. But there's people who listen to this who are the business owners who will have who will be sharing with their teams and will be leveraging this as a source of their own development as well. So I uh, love it. Can you just go and introduce yourself and how, how they can connect with you beyond this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So um we, we are at tdtpc.com, it's our website, and on the bio page, you see links to my email and social. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. You can find me at Courtney Durandi on LinkedIn. I do a video every week of just some of the things I'm learning as a leader um, and, and try to stay active there. So certainly connect or follow on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thank you again, Courtney. Thank you again to Courtney for her time and willingness to share. Now, here are a few takeaways that I wrote down from our conversation. The first one was remembering that I control my effort. It hit me when Courtney said, if I want something, I have a responsibility to put forth the initiative to do something about it myself. Now, because of our responsibility for our effort, You and me can do what she did. 
When Courtney was told, well, we'll never do that here, she interpreted the person as saying, I won't be making that happen, but you can. I love that so much. On a personal note, I do want to say, that's definitely been true in my story. See, most people in your organization are hesitant to say yes because saying yes implies that they'll be responsible for helping you do it. So even if your idea is awesome, most people don't want to have their name on the line and be on the hook for helping you get it done. Most people are more than comfortable with you doing it or leading it. Now, my second big takeaway is how our ambition to grow makes room for others to grow. See, we leave vacancies in our previous positions or create new ones because of the growth we are creating. Translation, our stepping stone or even our current comfort zone has the potential to be someone else's growth zone. All right. Um, I was reminded also of the power of taking on the important work no one else wants to do. See, it's an easy way to grow your influence and show what you're capable of. Now, for my fourth takeaway was actually, I would say, a bit more implied. Right. It was the ingredients for successful entrepreneurship. Courtney kind of referred to this when she talked about how she received the combination of both a supportive leader and a receptive team. And I thought about that a bit. I said, how did she pull that off? And I thought she said it pretty clearly. She helped develop a receptive team by continually creating room for her team to grow so they could see how their desired future was possible at the organization. When someone keeps helping you grow, aren't you going to be more receptive to what they have to say? Aren't you going to be more open to them because they clearly seem invested in your success? Now, that's just one part of the equation. So how does she also gain supportive leadership? Well, first, she did her job well. I don't want to ignore the obvious here, right? The second thing was she was willing to take on things people didn't want to do. Right. Either that needed to be done or that no one else saw the potential in. And then she improved it and grew it. Third, when she finally started to request support or financial investment from the organization, she always told her leader what value it would bring to the organization, not just herself. Right. So, for example, if you send me to this conference, I will learn X, Y and Z and come back and be able to provide A, B and C for the organization. Now, I don't want to end this podcast without addressing a very real possibility. And that is you have done everything Courtney is advising and you are putting in an honest effort and you still find yourself stuck or stagnant. And if that's true, you may need to consider finding a place where you are allowed to try new things. And whether that be found in a nonprofit where you're volunteering on weekends or evenings or even potentially searching for a new job. And I recently heard a quote that really struck a chord with me. Um, It was from a personal friend of mine, uh, the organizational consultant and leadership coach, Seth Yolorda. And he said this, he said, we all have two options. 
We can build an organization around our vision or align ourselves with an organization that is already working toward our vision. And for the members of our team here at Mentor, even like Courtney, we have all had the privilege of doing the latter, aligning ourselves with organizations that are already working toward our vision. But now you can look at Jeff and I, and now we are doing the former, right? Both of us have stepped out and started building organizations around our vision. And neither option is better than the other. But I do want to challenge you to not accept not making a difference in your work. You spend one third of your life at work and I want you to make it count. Now, if you want to learn more about Courtney, our sponsors and access a summary of this episode, visit executiveminds.co forward slash 204. That's executiveminds.co forward slash 204. With that, I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Executive Minds, where we help go-getters like you become difference makers with the guidance you need to convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Subscribing automatically delivers episodes to you every week so you can keep growing on the go. You can find Executive Minds on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Also, help us spread the word and support more ambitious professionals and leaders like you by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Then please join us for our upcoming episodes. We are going to continue releasing two episodes a week for a while. And later this week, we'll be revisiting a conversation between Jeff Henderson, David Farmer, and Shane Benson about what to do when your idea doesn't work. Uh, then next week, I'll be kicking off a series of episodes where you'll be hearing from the mentor team about the lessons we've learned over the past year. The conversations are both insightful and instructional as we'll be modeling how we execute our annual and quarterly reviews. This is the most reliable way to convert your experiences, both successes and failures, into wisdom. When we're done, you'll see how you can only win or learn and no longer experience losing. Uh, until next time, remember, organizations are just groups of people with a shared purpose. That means your organization grows when you grow. So today, grow where you are and grow what you're given without anyone's permission, because growth is a choice. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Executive Minds, the podcast helping you convert your potential into high performance so you can grow your career. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us for the next episode. For show notes and more resources, visit executiveminds.co. That's executiveminds.co. The Art of Leadership Network.